know, Thanksgiving is getting to be a crazy time. Uh, as your kids grow up, you know, you love to have everybody come home for Thanksgiving. And, and uh, I have three older sons that live in Knoxville. One of them is going to get to come to be at our house uh, this Thanksgiving, he and his wife. Uh, but the rest of them are all going to be in Knoxville. And my daughter, who has spent the last 21 Thanksgivings with us, informed me that she would not be there for Thanksgiving Day. She's going to her boyfriend's grandmother's house for Thanksgiving. So it'll be a smaller crowd than normal this year. But you know, as we look around our nation, uh, Thanksgiving is becoming something less of what it was intended to be. Some would say more, but Black Friday has, uh, has you know, taken over. And even though it's Friday, now it's spilled back over into Thursday. In some cases, Walmart, I think, opens at 6 o'clock on Thursday evening and stays open all night. And some other stores have started that trend. And we find that people are more interested in doing other things than doing what Thanksgiving was intended to be. And uh, it's all mixed up. Things get all mixed up. I remember some years ago when my oldest son, Robbie, was in the first grade. This would have been back in the early 90s. He came home from school all excited. On the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, he had a picture of the pilgrims that he had made in school that day. And he said, Dad, we learned about the pilgrims today. And I said, good, what did you learn? And he said, we learned that they started Thanksgiving. And the first Thanksgiving day was to uh, uh, give thanks to the Indians. I said, son, that's not what it was all about. It was about giving thanks to God. And you know, in this politically correct world that we live in, you can't even mention God hardly in school anymore. Uh, and uh, one little boy wrote a report on the origins of Thanksgiving. This is what his report said. The pilgrims came here seeking freedom from you-know-what. When they landed, they gave thanks to you-know-who. And because of them, we can worship on Sunday, you know where. You know, anymore, you can't even say the word religion or, or God or church. And I, I think sometimes we lose sight of what our religious holy days are all about. Notice I didn't call them holidays. We have Thanksgiving. That's a holy day. It's a day to give thanks to God. We have Christmas. That's not a holiday, that's a holy day. When we think about the birth of our Lord and Savior, we have Easter. That's a holy day when we think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. These days are not just a day to take a day off and have a big party. It's good to be with family and have a good meal and things like that. And it's not to say that other holidays are not important, like July the 4th. But those three days are really holy days. They are set aside for a time to us to praise and bless our God. Uh, he, he loves us. You know, we can lose sight of the meaning. President Abraham Lincoln, back in 1863, set aside Thanksgiving as the fourth Thursday in November that the nation would pause for a day just to give thanks to God. In his proclamation of thanksgiving, 
Lincoln urged people to consider that even amid the ravages of war, because the Civil War was going on, that God had blessed America with fruitful fields and healthful skies, and that even in the nation's suffering, God had nevertheless remembered mercy. So Thanksgiving is a time when we, we thank God, and we praise Him, and we bless Him. And blessing God in all those ways is very important. So I raise the question today, how can we bless God? You know, we started this series called uh, Spiritual Blessings. And last week we thought about how God blesses us. Today we're going to think about how can we bless God. Next week we'll talk about a generous blessing. But you know, we know that God blesses us in many ways. Uh, if, you, if you can't see the ways that God is blessing, maybe you're not looking for His blessing. We talked last week about how He guides us, how He provides for us, how He forgives us, and it, may, it should make us have a sense uh, that He is blessing us and that we need to bless Him. Can we actually bless God? Listen to these scriptures out of the Bible. You know, in the Bible, the Hebrew word for bless can also be translated praise. And sometimes in some verses it's translated praise, and in other verses it's translated uh, bless. And most always, thanksgiving is mentioned with the word bless and the word praise. Listen to some of these psalms. Psalm 103, verse 1 and 2, is a psalm of David. Bless or praise the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. That same psalm, Psalm 103, ends with this. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Or how about Psalm 34? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. Oh, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Humble, the, the humble shall hear and, the glad, and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name. Or how about Psalm 134? Behold, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary, and bless the Lord. You see, there are many ways that we can bless the Lord. Today, I would like for us to, as we think about this blessing, I would like for us to go to Psalm 100. Now, as we said last week, the Psalms are uh, a, a whole book. It's actually five books of Psalms. These were put together back in ancient times after King David's life. They were used in worship by the Hebrew people. They are written mostly in Hebrew poetry. And they reveal a lot to us about God. And this particular psalm uh, uses the word praise. It does not use the word bless. But it's, it can be translated either way. But we see in this some ways that we can bless the Lord. Uh, if you have your NIV Bible, you'll notice the subtitle there is for giving grateful praise or giving grateful uh, blessing. 
uh, in the New American Standard Bible, the subtitle is A Psalm for Thanksgiving. It's only appropriate that we think about this, the, the week of Thanksgiving. And this psalm helps, them see us, helps us see some ways that we can bless the Lord. So read it with me. Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise or blessing. Give thanks to Him and praise or bless His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So there are four ways that come out of this that we can really bless the Lord every day. Look back at verse 1 and 2 with me. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. You see, we can bless Him through the right attitude. You know, I want you to notice some of the words in, in that verse. Uh, Shout with joy and worship with gladness. Come before Him with singing. That, that has to do with our attitude. This attitude of joy and this attitude of gladness that He calls us to have. You know, it blesses the Lord when He sees us have joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen to Philippians chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, God wants us to have this joyful attitude, this this attitude of praise and thanksgiving. Now, I know some of you will say, well, I, I, I just don't feel joyful. I just don't feel like blessing God or, or praising God. You know, you can choose your attitude. It doesn't matter what happens to you in this life. You know, maybe you say, well, so-and-so made me angry or so-and-so made me feel bad. But you know, you're just letting that person control you. But you should be in control of your attitude. And you can choose to have an attitude of joy. You know how one way to do that? Turn to the Lord and start to praise Him. Start to think about what He's done for you. Start to bless you. You know, we sing an old song, count your many blessings. Start counting your blessings. If you say, I don't have any blessings, well, you're just not looking. Because God is there to bless you by guiding you and to providing for you. And God is there... Uh, to forgive you and make you part of His kingdom and His family. So think about all that He's done. That will start to change your attitude. Now secondly, I want you to look at verse 3. Know that the Lord is God, and it is He who made us. We are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Bless Him through a relationship. You know, if you look closely in your Bible at the word Lord there in that passage, 
It's written in all capital letters. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Now, there are two ways the word Lord is used in the Bible, especially in the NIV translation. Some other translations do the same thing. If it's written Lord with a capital L and a small O, R, D, then it's translating the Hebrew word Adonai. That's the general term for a deity or God or Lord or a master. But if it's written in all capital letters like it is here in the NIV version in verse 3, it says, Know the Lord. If it's written in all caps, it's translating God's personal name, Yahweh. Remember he told Moses his name was Yahweh. It means I am in the Hebrew language. God was just saying, I am, I be, I exist. That's his name. You think about it, God wants us to have a, such a relationship with him that we can address him by his personal name. The Bible says we can even call him Father. Jesus said you can call him Abba, which is an Aramaic word that means Papa or Daddy. It's a term of endearment. That you can have this close relationship with him, and that's what he desires. He loves you. And the Bible says that anyone that has faith in Jesus, we are part of his people. We are part of his family. This text says also we are the sheep of his pasture. He is our shepherd. That's sort of figuratively speaking, symbolically. You know, shepherds were revered because they took care of their flock. They, um, they, they cared deeply and protected and oversaw and fed and watered and served and tended to and administered medicine when they were sick or hurt and, and they, they brought healing and cared for their sheep. Jesus is even called the good shepherd. In John chapter 10 verse 14 it says, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. He's talking about us there. He was speaking to the Hebrew people. But he said, I have other people that are part of my group. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And they shall be of one flock and one shepherd. God cares about us. He wants us to be part of his flock and part of his shepherd. He wants a relationship with us. And you see there, he said, I lay down my life for my sheep. That shows the extent of his love for us. That he was willing to die for us. You know, we can reach back to him through prayer and through reading his word and through listening to his voice as we read his word and through the Holy Spirit as we reflect on what he says, as we obey what we learn and as we follow and we serve him, we reach back and build that relationship. It really blesses Him. Don't take a relationship with the Lord for granted. I'm afraid as we see our world beginning to do, as we see the evidence in the holidays and <clears throat> how people are drifting more away from the Lord and drifting more to the material things of this world, that we see it a world drifting away from God. We need a day of thanksgiving. 
We need a day set apart when we just say, okay, Lord, we're going to thank you. We're going to praise you. We're going to bless you today for all that you have done. Well, if you go down and you look at verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So we can also, we bless him with the right attitude, we bless him with our relationship, and we bless him through thankfulness. You know, when we think about what he's done, it really should bring thankfulness to our lives. It should make our hearts overflow. Listen to Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, we didn't deserve that. We, we don't deserve to be forgiven of our sins. We haven't done enough to earn it. We never could. But still, he offers us that forgiveness simply through faith. And if you think about what else he's done, I mean, we couldn't count all that the Lord has done for us. We can't even imagine how he's blessed us working behind the scenes in his life. Sometimes things work out, and most often we take credit. Look at how smart I am. When we all know deep down inside that God was working behind the scenes to orchestrate he does guide and provide and forgive. Our culture today, we live in a culture where so many people feel entitled that they should get things, that they should get stuff just because they exist. It's like the, the little league kid who doesn't even try. He just sits on the bench. He doesn't participate in practice. Yet at the end of the year, he gets a participation trophy just like everybody else. You know, we, there's no participation trophies in life. And, but people develop this sense of entitlement. And you know, when you feel entitled to something, then you're not thankful for it. I remember when Je Jeanette worked at Johnson University some years ago. She was the financial aid director. And uh, because she gave out all the, the financial aid, part of her job was every year they gave the students a couple of names and each student had to write a thank you letter to people who supported the, the scholarship program there at Johnson. And most people gladly did it. They wrote letters to two, three, four names, uh, depending on how many scholarships they got, and, and they would turn those letters in, and then Johnson would mail them out to these donors. There was always three or four students that would come by the office and say, I'm not writing a letter. I don't have to write a letter. I've already got my scholarship, and I don't care about those people, and I'm not thankful for them, but I'm not writing my letter. And so finally, Jeanette would just take her scholarship off the books. <laughs> and they would come by the office, and they'd say, what happened to my scholarship? they say, well, if you're not thankful for it, we're not going to give it to you. And when you turn your letters in, then you can get your scholarship. But you know, it's sad that we have to go that far, that people feel entitled and they're not uh, thankful for what others have done. John Ortberg, Christian author and preacher in the 
great gratitude experiment says the bigger the sense of entitlement, the smaller our sense of gratitude. Our entitlement mindset has led to a proliferation of lawsuits. When we don't get something we really want, we sue somebody. He gives a couple of examples here. There was one occasion when the San Francisco Giants baseball team got sued because they only gave Father's Day gifts to men. Some lady wanted one of those Father's Day gifts, and she sued them. Or how about the psychology professor that decided to sue someone for sexual harassment because he went to a, was invited to a Christmas party and they had mistletoe hanging up. Or how about the psychic? I love this one. Was awarded nine hundred and eighty-six thousand dollars when they said a doctor's CT scan impaired her psychic abilities. You got to think about that one. If she really was psychic, wouldn't she have known not to go get the CT scan to start with? But you know, sometimes people are greedy and they're not thankful. You know, we come into this world and we're not guaranteed anything. We're not entitled to anything. It's only by the grace of God that we do get anything. We're blessed if we have good parents that raise us and take care of us. But in this world today, there are many people that don't even have that. Most of us are blessed, especially in our early years, by the hard work of others. And it's only by others' hard work that we get stuff. And God created people to work and to serve and to use their creative abilities to do things for other people. You think about it. If you were born back in the primitive times, you came into this world, you had no Walmart to go to. You had no cell phone to get directions or to leave messages for other people. You had to get out and work. You had to plant gardens and hunt for food. We're so blessed in the culture we live in today. And I know some people say, yeah, it's only by my hard work that I have what I have. I'm, I'm the one that I should be thankful for. Listen to this verse from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. We should be thankful to God. We should thank Him at every turn. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Ephesians 5.19 Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. That's a sense of thanksgiving. Colossians 3.15 And be thankful, it says. Let the message of Christ dwell among you as you richly among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So the Bible calls us to 
give thanks. If you look at those verses I read, you see something in common. It's praise, and it's joy, and it's thanksgiving. And when we come to Him that way, it blesses Him. Well, finally, the last verse here, verse 5, says, For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. So bless Him through returning the love He gives you. You know, He loves us. He wants us to return the love that He has for us back to Him, not with that superficial, mushy, emotional hoopla that some people always try to pass off with love, but as a genuine respect and a reverence and a desire to follow His ways and to worship Him. You know, the word worship simply means expressing love to God. And this verse tells us that God is good, and He is good. He is so good. But so many people don't view Him this way. They look at God, and all they see is, Thou shalt not. And they think of God as being a spoil sport. That's the image that some people have. Part of the mission of Jesus coming was to change the way people see God. In John 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching... You're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And it does, because we're no longer under ritualistic, cumbersome laws and traditions of the past. But we are free to worship and serve God and love Him as individuals. And each one of us can have our own relationship directly with Jesus. We are not... uh, We are not bound by having to go to a priest to offer prayers for us or take sacrifices to Him. You see, the God of the universe wants to pour out His love on you. And He wants you to return that love back. He wants to bless you, and He desires that you in turn would bless Him. He wants to share His love with you. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh or the sinful nature, but rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as you love yourself. And when we love our neighbor as we love ourselves, God really sees us returning a blessing back to Him. You know, He warns us not to sin, even though we're free to do whatever we choose to do. But He warns us because He doesn't want you to go the wrong way. You know, we may find much pleasure in some sin, but it never lasts, and it always ends bad. And anytime we sin, we find ourselves alienated from a holy God, and it breaks His heart. But understand, that's why He sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we can be forgiven of our sins. And that shows us a couple of things. It shows us the extent of the the punishment for sin, 
but it also shows us how much God loves us. And we should reciprocate with that love back to Him. Sin is costly. And it cost Jesus his life. But it brings to us a sense of how much God loves us. So let's bless him by responding to his love. Jesus said in John 14, 23, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Listen, God wants to spend eternity with you. So here's our connection today. This psalm reminds us that how we respond to God is important to Him. There was a Sunday school teacher named Michelle. She was actually teaching on a Wednesday night, and it was uh, one week, eight days later, would be Thanksgiving, so she thought she would teach a Thanksgiving lesson. And so she asked the kids, she said, Kids, tell me, what is one of the holidays that we think about all the stuff we have, uh, how we want more stuff, and how we don't care about what anybody else has. And the kid said, no, no, that's, that's not a holiday. That's not right. And one kid jumped up and said, that's Christmas. But you know, sometimes we get mixed up on what the holidays are all about. And Thanksgiving is about Giving thanks to God. It's not about Black Friday. It's about showing God that you love Him. Let's don't get mixed up. Let's pour back to God the blessings that He has given to us. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was within me. Bless His holy name. We do that when we come before Him with the right attitude, when we build a relationship, when we show thankfulness, and when we show Him love. And listen, the more we do that, the more we will experience the blessings of God. Let's pray. God, we thank You today for the way You've blessed our lives. And now let us be encouraged to bless You, to do all that we can, Lord, to show You our love, and to show you that we have the right attitude and that we desire a relationship and that we want to give thanks for all that you've done in our lives. We do love you. We praise you today. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray and praise. Amen.